Roseanne Storm okay? Did you? Oh, boy. Maybe you stayed home from work today. I do want to talk about the Jeff Sessions tweets from Donald Trump. Not so much about Roseanne's tweets, because that's uh, impactful and interesting. And I, I finally understand his point of view a little better. Whoops, hey, how about, how about that headline? Roseanne Bard from the CBS Early Show. Oh, huh? I, I get it. That's, you get it? That's some clever-ass clever there. Give that intern a raise. Her name is Barr. And, oh, anyway. Yeah. So this headline broke over Memorial Day, which I think may have contributed to the lack of coverage of it. But you would think that in the United States of America, the sensationalist media would latch on to a gang of seven men who went to a water park in Roseville, California, just outside of Sacramento, uh, intent on molesting girls. Seven of them working together. How old are they? Age 34 to 18. Okay. Top to bottom. Roseville Police Department. I don't know why I asked that. I was just I guess I want to get a mental picture. Sure. Yeah, well, I've got all the information for you. Roseville Police Department arrested seven men on Monday after multiple girls reported men inappropriately touching them at the Golfland Sunsplash Water Park in Roseville. The men were booked Monday night in the Placer County Jail on suspicion of lewd acts with a child under 14 years of age, as well as conspiracy to commit a crime. Under 14, so... At least one of the victims was under 14. Really? Kids? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not all of the victims, but some of them. Uh, Or at least one. Police believe the men knew each other, quote, and worked in a coordinated effort to inappropriately touch several female juveniles. They were identified as... uh, Gershana Paul Banga, age 34, Manpreet Dillon, 26, Lakvir Gill, 30, Baljinder Kaira, 38. Okay. I, I'm sure everybody's reacting the same way as me. What are those names? There's something. Uh, I don't know, but I was immediately reminded of the unholy, unforgivable, nightmarish Rotherham, England uh, sex abuse scandal. The number of children sexually exploited, the most recent count is 1,510 from the 80s through the 2000s by a gang of Pakistani men who were organized in their child rapings, and the authorities ignored it for years and years out of fear of being branded racist. Once the story broke in full and and people started talking, the full horror of the thing emerged. Um, and it's uh, you know I'll I'll post a link at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to read more about it. Um, but dozens and dozens of defendants now convicts and again hundreds and hundreds of child sex victims. Um, there is a subculture. Are those Middle Eastern names you were hitting us with? Yeah, yeah. They're they sound either Indian or Pakistani, but I don't know where they're from or or where their family's from or anything like that. But they're obviously from that part of the world. And as you've known, I mean, read the the Kite Runner, read any account of there a number of folks uh, that we've interviewed who worked uh, in Afghanistan talked about the culture of child sex there and child rape. The old saying is, uh, women for children, boys for fun. So, anyway, uh, the water park's on-site security guards were first alerted to the men after a few girls reported being inappropriately touched at the wave pool. The guards investigated the reports, well done, gents and ladies, and called police just after 5 p.m. after hearing from other girls who reported similar incidents. 
Uh, says the uh, police spokesman, the seven that were arrested all had evidence against them based on witness statements and were able to identify them in some fashion. The victims didn't know each other. Uh, the police still investigating if there are other locations of the park where inappropriate touching may have happened on Monday. Roseville police credited the young victims for reporting the incidents to Sunsplash's on-site security. Uh, here's um, another account. I'm seeing if there are more so details there. kids that age, your parents probably drop you off and then come pick you up. Um, in some cases, yeah. And again, I don't know how many of the victims were under 14 if they ranged, for, you know. Could have been one child, uh, child, child, and the rest high schoolers. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know that. Not that that makes it okay, but it's oh no, it's certainly not. Just trying to picture what was going on going on there. Yeah, but uh, you know, even if it was one child under fourteen, that's full on sicko child victimizing pervs, as opposed to I swear to God, Your Honor, she told me she was eighteen. I mean that sort of right. thing. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, it appears, okay, yeah, the cops went on to say, it appears that the individuals worked in a coordinated fashion to get a young victim near them or around them, and then they proceeded to inappropriately touch the victim. Oh, how frightening would that be if you're a 16-year-old girl and there's a bunch of guys you don't know cornering you in the pool and feeling you. Up to the age of 38. Oh, geez, yeah. 18 to 38. Yeah, and you know, somebody in their 30s when you're a teenager is like a 60-year-old. They acted like they couldn't swim, one would, and then they'd surround, you know, the girl if she tried to help or whatever or oh to cover God. up the, uh, you know, the, the splashing and the noise. Oh, that's a horrifying story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and were... your original question is correct. How is this not getting more attention? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the park says we really can't. Uh, we're taking the investigation very, very seriously, so we can't give you any more information. Which is fine. Um, if you had three, if you had three dudes say something racist about some black teenager girls, right? Just words, no, nothing physical happened. Right. That would make the news and be a huge story. Sure, and maybe should be. Right. Well, it's awful. This does not make the news for some reason. Right. And I'm telling you, as we've said many, many times. There's um there's xenophobia where you know anybody who's foreign or different or whatever you're, you're you you don't like or you're afraid of or you hate and that's there's that's no good it's no way to live your life but then there's xenophilia where you are so in love with the idea of appearing enlightened that you are terrified to ever call anybody who's different on any other crap or any of the sickness within their culture. That's as unhealthy as xenophobia. Don't be that. I mean, if, if, if a culture condones child rape, that's not a good culture. I, I'm out and proud in believing some cultures are more conducive to human happiness, development, and good lives than others. I don't apologize for that. That's, so, uh, kudos that's... to the Roseville PD and the folks at uh, Sunsplash, and y'all keep doing what you got to do. Figure out what's going on there. And do not be cowed by this this mistaken and sick fear of, of being called a racist or bigoted or something like that. Follow the facts and administer justice without prejudice. That works both ways. So, good morning, America and CBS this morning, both led with uh, the Roseanne story. Briefly, but it was the lead story. 
pivoting to Trump, which we are going to also because he's got some tweets from earlier this morning about uh, Jeff Sessions and recusal and because New York Times is out with an article today that is being seen as explosive by the sort of people that say that sort of thing. Uh, that Mueller is investigating Trump's efforts to get rid of Sessions currently as part of the whole obstruction of justice thing. So that's probably why Trump is responding as to the whole Jeff Sessions thing. Oh, yeah. Why, surely. Why would he have wanted to get rid of him? Right. We'll clear that up coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. State of Tennessee uh, yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Oh, do we love Nashville? Do we love Tennessee? We love Tennessee. Thank you. What a crowd. What a crowd. I want to thank you. I want to thank Trace Atkins. He was incredible. And you know, Trace won The Apprentice. Trace is a winner. And I want to thank you very much, Trace. That was fantastic. <laughs> the president said, Is there remarks. anybody in this big, beautiful arena right now that's infiltrating our campaign? Would you please raise your hand? That would take courage, huh? <laughs> yeah, he said, Are there any spies here? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. God, I watched a little of that yesterday and I just. I'm so I'm so interested in the whole populism thing. It's it's a fascinating and I've never seen it like this in my lifetime. I've only read about it. It's happening all around the world. Populism is an interesting phenomenon. It's a blunt instrument. And it can be great. It can be scary. Yeah. It can be all kinds of things. Yeah. Well, I, think- I yeah, I'll say it. Hitler was a populist. Oh, I've heard of him. <laughs> You know, I'm not a fan of Hitler. It strikes me that every political movement of every stripe has its positive aspects and its scary aspects, or its bullcrap aspects, and populism is no different. But when the peoples start to feel like the deck is stacked against them, that the elites have been lying uh, to them the whole time, and that they don't really have a chance to redress their grievances or or affect how they're represented, the rest of it, they rise up in righteous indignation and do... Something. The failure of both <laughs> the parties is what's led to a huge populist movement. That's Absolutely. In, and it's true in France and Italy and Great Britain and the United States. You know, it's funny. I was contemplating this on the way in because uh, both CNN and MSNBC are just going absolutely hog wild with the narrative that uh, there's nothing to Trump and Roseanne and those people but racism and hatred. And they're really just it's it's just the bitterness of failed people. And they're right. Back to the pre-election, you remember the New York Times searching its soul and saying, we need to get out and talk to people. We, uh, yeah, why this is terrible. That, that, that is gone. That notion is gone. Why don't they listen to John Stewart, who said, I got lots of friends who voted for Trump, and they're not racists. Right. You right. Know, they, they, yeah. Well, listen, if I wanted Trump to prevail and get reelected or somebody close to him get reelected because he's an old fat guy under a lot of stress. So, you know, I'm not, you know. I'm hedging my bets. But anyway, uh, if I wanted him to succeed, I would beg 
the cable news and the mainstream media to continue that narrative because it is so not in touch with reality. Uh, so Trump was and, and, and if you are at all pro-Trump, continually being attacked by those people for you know accusations that you're not guilty of, it makes you want to stick with him. So Trump's tweet this morning is kind of interesting. New York Times has got a I use the word big. I'll use my finger quotes for 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 Brian Williams show on MSNBC last night, and in certain quarters, it's a huge deal. MSNBC is reporting got to re- uh, this story. With unnamed sources, right? Got to, got to remember that over the weekend, they had a source that Trump said that's not true. And they said, oh, yeah, it is true. And they played the tape of the interview with the White House source. And it turned out that the the, the source did not say what they claimed in their story. Right. Deep divisions between Trump and aides as to whether Korean summit can go forward, except there aren't deep divisions. So we learned over the weekend that at least sometimes their sources... Well, their story does not match what the source told them. Right. It's a leap of But anyway, so the story out of the New York Times today is that Mueller is currently investigating specifically the angle of Trump wanting to get rid of the Attorney General Jeff Sessions when he found out that Sessions was going to recuse himself from the Russia investigation. Trump was so mad about that that he was, uh, that, 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 the New York Times article says that he wouldn't return Sessions' phone calls for a period of time. Mm. This was during a, one of the many immigration flare-ups. Jeff Sessions, as the attorney general, is trying to get a hold of the president and say, you know, we need to clarify this whole right. immigration thing on uh, who we're letting into the country and all this sort of stuff. Trump wouldn't return his phone calls. He's down in Florida at his golf course. Mm-hmm. So Sessions flies down there to talk to him, and then when he goes in to talk to Trump about the immigration thing, Trump just starts screaming at him about the Russia investigation. Right, and, right. Well, if you're investigating obstruction, I'd see you asking a couple of questions about it, but there's nothing there. I'm telling you, there is nothing there with the session stuff. But so Trump this morning decided to tweet out some quotes from Representative Trey Gowdy, who's on the House Intelligence Committee and uh, I think pretty respected by most people. He's quitting and he's not always pro-Trump and he seems like a straight shooter. So he's quoting Trey Gowdy. I don't think... What the president is doing is expressing frustration that uh, Attorney General Sessions should have shared these reasons for recusal before he took the job, not afterward. If I were the president and I picked someone to be the country's chief law enforcement officer and they told me later, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be able to participate in the most important case in the office, I would be frustrated, too. And that's how I read that. Um, Right. So Trey Gowdy is saying, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy that Donald Trump was unhappy when he found out his attorney general was not going to be involved in the biggest case before their administration. The key point being, and he told him after he was announced, not before. Um, he goes on to say there are lots of really good lawyers in the country. He could have picked somebody else, and I wish that I did. Trump says that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that strikes me as perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Uh, uh. And, and the reasons for Sessions' recusal were dumb. They're dumb from the beginning. He didn't disclose a couple of meetings with Russians. Yeah, standing backstage at some awards ceremony. Hey, Sergey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good, uh, Senator. And, uh, that, you know. That's your Russian voice? The Bush didn't agree with me last night, but I feel better now. Well, that's, that's good. That's good, Sergey. That's my Jeff Sessions. And then they <laughs> went off and did their thing. And he didn't disclose that because he didn't think of it. 
And listen, if it turns out Jeff Sessions was in league with the Ruskies, you remind me of this little screed, and I will apologize publicly and on bended knee, but that will never happen because Jeff Sessions is about the last guy in the world to be conspiring with the Russians. It's just not, it's just not so. So the whole thing is dumb top to bottom. And, you know, the, 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 the Trouty, uh, Trouty, I don't have enough time to say Trey Gowdy, so I'm going to run his name together. <laughs> Tr- <laughs> Trouty is absolutely right. Whoa, dude, you're going to recuse yourself all along and you didn't tell me till after you're sworn in? What about the nutritious trout? Uh, right. No, not Trouty. Trouty. <laughs> Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy. Trouty. Um, when's the NBA final start? Thursday? Thursday. Yes. Okay, so we got a couple of days of who's the greatest of all time, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? A couple of days of that? <laughs> I'll save you time. It's LeBron, but we can... We no, can it's still that. Moving along. Interesting. Interesting that you, uh, you went with that. That's an increasingly popular choice. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going there, and I was a huge Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time guy, but I don't know, it's hard to say, but man, LeBron dragging these various teams through playoffs is just freaking amazing. Just freaking amazing! It's so hard to compare athletes of different eras. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and in the at the risk of being too sportsy, the NBA rules have changed so much. You used to be able to just beat somebody savagely when they went into the lane. I mean, guys would emerge bloodied and crippled from the first quarter of a game, and now it's much more hands off. So. You know, how would his attributes have, have served him back a, in the day when he got the hell beat out of him? I, think I don't know. I think he'd have been all right with that. He's well, a he's as strong as a truck. <laughs> he's yeah, 280 yeah. pounds of muscle. So it's not an obvious <laughs> dismissal no, no. of him. I'm just saying it makes it impossible to judge. Um, and the, to the people are tired of the same teams facing each other, ridiculous argument. I'm, uh, I'm on that side of it. <laughs> I like this in the uh, USA Today. Does anybody look back on Wilt Chamberlain against Bill Russell all those years and think that was bad for sports? Or Magic versus Bird over and over, was that bad for sports? No, nobody looks at it that way. Eh, whatever. Whatever. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm rooting for Cleveland. But what if you're a fan of, say, the Pelicans? Right. Or the, the Grizzlies or the Kings. Oh, yeah. You can't get a sniff. Well, you'd like your own team to get in there wherever you are. But if your team doesn't get in there, do you have a problem with the best team playing the best player a couple of years in a row? And no. your team usually doesn't. Yeah. Boy, I'm, i got to get into the hockey finals. First-year franchise. That's the, that's the one on ice. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best sport. First-year franchise against uh, the, the, the nation's capital hasn't been there for 20 years. Rabid fan base. It's, it's, it's great stuff. If you like watching hockey the vegas team puts on a show yes. for their home games yeah oh, they, awesome. they do full-on like night fights on the ice beforehand cool. like it, yes. it's like one of their hotel experiences nice. right before the game they Dancing put on girls a, on skates you got all the whores of vegas against the whores of washington dc <laughs> oh wait a minute huh you see what i did what's coming up in your news marshall well a spygate debate raging on we got another tesla autopilot crash and the most unfaithful professions where you're going to find the cheaters Coming up. <laughs> like faithful to their jobs or their marriages, or I'll stay tuned. <laughs> to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We have an important Marshall Phillips push up announcement to make, I have been told. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, Marshall? Yes, indeed. You know, I set a goal of being able to do 20 push-ups in a row by the end of June. Numerous setbacks have Which, uh, slowed things down. Well, yeah. The backstory having been the most you've ever done in your in recent years in a row is... Two and a half. Three and a third. <laughs> it's a handful. 
And then you had to take a year off due to a hernia. Yes. And, Double hernia. And now all of a sudden you say you're going to do 10 within a month. Yes. Okay, but how's things going? Yes. Oh, did I say 20? Oh, I, you I accidentally misspoke. said 20, oh. which is. Oh, no, yeah. no. 10 push ups by the end of June. All right, yesterday in the privacy of my home, I managed to do three push-ups in a row. Mm, so with, you claim. Which is a 50% increase from where you were earlier. With the at help that of, rate. With, if everybody closes their eyes, yeah. I can become invisible. Right. <laughs> yeah, I boxed uh, Floyd Mayfair in my living room, and I whooped the hell out of him. All right, you guys go ahead and mock, but the uh, work continues. The uh, Mayweather, training whatever his name continues. Is. Curtis Floyd. The Maypole. Which one do you dance around? Which one's the fighter? The fellow who who beat the old Filipino guy and the guy who'd never boxed before. Him. I'm on your side, Marshall. Thank you. I believe in you. Thank you. Michael, I'm a little disappointed I didn't have any triumphant. Three push-ups. No minor deal. No witnesses. Please. All right. Believe it when I see it. On a wind-dating track. Excellent. Okay, let's get to the news now with the buff Marshall Phillips. By the way, I just oh, this also make... coming on the the news that he got doctor prescribed steroids, right? He... Right, That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, inhaler, nice. steroids, inhaler. President Trump not backing away from his claims that the Obama FBI planted an informant in his presidential campaign. Trump calling it Spygate. At a rally in Tennessee last night, he told the crowd, "They had people infiltrating our campaign. Can you imagine? Can you imagine?" Meanwhile, the FBI and the Justice Department has briefed members of both parties on what they said was a legal investigation using informants to see if Russia had tried to hack the election. Now, one of those was retiring Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy. He was on CBS this morning. Gowdy saying he's convinced the FBI did exactly what Americans would have wanted them to do when they got the info they did. Based on what I have seen, I don't know what the FBI could have done or should have done other than run out a lead that someone loosely connected with the campaign was making assertions about Russia. I I would think you would want the FBI to find out whether or not there was any validity to what those people were saying. Gowdy going on to add, Russia was the target and Russia's intentions toward our country were the target. The fact that two people who were loosely connected with the Trump campaign may have been involved doesn't diminish the fact that Russia was the target and not the campaign. So there you go. If that is the case, I'm all right with it. Boy, I think there are two things going on there. One, I don't know that America was aware that we do that. And is America okay with that? He said, I think the country would want us to do that. Would we? Do we want that? Okay, that's a separate discussion. And then as a political issue, you cannot tell me, as you brought up last week, there's no freaking way that everybody would be okay with Trump sending some FBI agent into Elizabeth Warren's campaign to keep an eye on there's somebody loosely connected to a communist somewhere. No freaking way they'd They'd be all right with that. They'd go crazy. Authorities are reporting a Tesla in autopilot mode crashed into a park police cruiser in Southern California. Tesla's semi-autonomous autopilot mode has come under a lot of scrutiny following several recent crashes. Police say the officer was not in the the cruiser during the crash Tuesday in Laguna Beach. Police say the Tesla driver did suffer some minor injuries, and in April the company revealed that the autopilot was engaged during a recent fatal crash in Mountain View, California, the second confirmed autopilot-related fatality in the U.S. 
The company, though, goes on to say there are like one and a quarter million automotive uh, deaths worldwide every year. If the current safety level of a Tesla vehicle were to be applied, it would mean about 900,000 lives would be saved. Yeah, if that's year. true per mile driven, that's uh, that's an important thing to remember. Hell yes. I'm anti-automated cars because I believe we're going to be forced into them. But um, I sure would hate to see the movement stopped out of ridiculous need for perfection. We've lived in a world where uh, traffic deads are at all-time lows in the 30,000 range. Right. We all grew up in where it used to be 40,000, 50,000 deaths a year. Sure. And everybody was okay with that. And now for these self-driving cars, we've decided that there's got to be zero tolerance. Right. Can't be, it can't be any mistakes at any level. Well, that's crazy. And it'll end up being the old saying that the lottery is for people who can't do math. Banning, uh, you know, automated cars is for people who can't do math. And this will be uh, driven by litigation, though. Just people will be get sued and blamed, and they'll be too expensive. So you just can't do it. All right, my friends, we've got a report on the most unfaithful professions. A news survey from Ashley Madison, the leading dating (laughs) site that helps married people have affairs. This is good stuff here, Marshall. This has shown people with certain careers are more likely to cheat on their partners. Oh, boy. If your spouse is in one of these professions, I would assume they're cheating on you. If your wife is a stripper, there's a chance she might be cheating on you. The top five careers for infidelity from the survey for both men and women are, first we'll start with men, in fifth place, it's the world of finance. Oh, the world of finance. <laughs> wow. Bank tellers? Yes. <laughs> Do you need a passport to get there? Is that... <laughs> then it's retail. It's the worst amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> then it's... Over here we have spreadsheet land. <laughs> I don't want to go there, Daddy. <laughs> In fourth place, retail and hospitality hosts a number of cheaters. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Hotel employees, place. There's beds everywhere. (laughs) Third most likely to cheat. freaks who bring your bags up to your room. (laughs) Third most likely to cheat, entrepreneurs. Businessmen, okay. Ah, Second place. And women. Misogynist. Second place. (laughs) Second place. All those guys in IT and... IT guys. IT guys, yes. They are they are on fire. And in the top spot, four guys. Traveling lubricant salesmen. <laughs> you know, you're not far off. It's the trades. It's shift work and random hours for people who are uh, who are welders or plumbers or come out to your house to work on various projects. Hmm. It's it's the tradesmen. The, That's the, how a lot yeah. of those movies start. Yeah. Well, and I I don't think I've ever talked to a guy who had field customer interaction. You went to homes and all that wasn't half good looking, who didn't say he had women coming on to him all the time. That's astounding to me. Yeah, I know. A bunch of whores. It's (laughs) Jeez. Wow. That's. Little judgmental right. there. A woman has needs, Jack. Quick, quick shift. Top five most unfaithful professions for women. Fifth place goes to social workers. In fourth, the group most likely to cheat are those in finance. Finance once again coming in. Third group most likely to cheat, just like the guys, entrepreneurs, business women, and the like. As second group most likely to stray, school teachers. And the with their own students, yes, we've seen those stories. <laughs> oh boy, and they're all about thirty-three and bleach blondes. Yep, we've seen it. And the career path with the most female cheaters is the medical profession: nurses oh! and doctors. Naughty nurses, indeed. Chalk it up to those long hours and stress. 
Hmm. And all the beds in a hospital. <laughs> and all, once again. Uh, you just think the proximity of beds plays a major role in sure, all this. Sure, it's obvious. Yes. <laughs> that makes is sense a, to me. Is there a less sexy place than a hospital? God, no Maybe kidding. if you work there all the time, you get used to it. Yeah. But, yeah, no kidding. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Ring the bell. And, and the worst place on earth to get what every doctor tells you you need more than anything else, rest. Oh, yeah. The worst place in the world is a hospital. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, you're, you're trying to get the truths out of Al-Qaeda at a hospital. There's so much sleep deprivation. When, when both our babies were born, it was like it was a comedy routine when they would say, now, do you just get some sleep? And then 90 seconds later, the next person comes in right. and wakes you up and says... <laughs> Does something else. Gotta else's. take your oxygen. All right, all right. Now get some sleep. <laughs> Ding! Gotta get your temperature. Anyways, I do want to get to the story at some point. 80s babies are officially the brokest generation. It's a Federal Reserve story. It's kind of interesting. We could look at the various causes. This is from the Federal Reserve, not Ashley Madison, for our information. Yeah, Marshall. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Starbucks gave its employees racial bias training, which they need now more than ever, especially since, as of this afternoon, Roseanne started working for them. But <laughs> Hey, now, Roseanne working at Starbucks. That's tying together two of the stories, the big stories of the day. Uh, we're going to talk to a reporter who is in the Starbucks training, I guess, to find out what went on there. That is correct, and I have a bit of it for you right now. <clears throat> this is part of the, the work packet. Okay. The first time you... Dot, dot, dot. Recall when you first experienced your racial identity. It may have been when you were a child. It may have been last week. If a scenario doesn't apply to you, feel free to leave it blank and move on to the next one. What? When what? did I first experience my racial when identity? When did you first notice your racial identity? Go ahead and answer. I, I don't know. When did you first notice how your race affected your beauty standards? I have no idea. So you would leave the first two blank if you were... Yeah, filling I out guess. this packet. I, right. I have no. I, I honestly would have no way to answer that second question, especially blanky McBlank. Number three. When was the first time you felt your accent impacted people's perception of your intelligence or competence? I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't one. understand the word you're saying. What? <laughs> I don't have any answers for these questions. I still don't understand. This had to be tough for the employees. Can you penetrate his patois, <laughs> Sean? <laughs> When was the first time you altered your communication style, dialed it up or down to avoid playing into stereotypes? Hmm. I actually remember doing that, oddly enough. I suppose this is my moment of racial awakening, but it had nothing to do with race whatsoever. Uh, when was the last first time you had a friend of a different race who regularly visited your home? Never in my life, I don't think. When was the first time you felt distracted at work because of external events related to race? I never know if somebody's Hispanic or not, and I don't ask anybody. So oh, I don't, why not? I don't think I'm about I'm calling it. for labels, jumpsuits with the Star of David and pink triangles, and I don't know what Hispanics would have on. I'm trying to come up with something that doesn't sound like a demeaning <laughs> joke. Maybe a big H for Hispanic. There I, you go. I, I don't think about these things, so I'd have to put a lot of thought into it. 
Because you fell for the whole sucker Martin Luther King Jr. thing, didn't you? Content of their character. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up in a lot of towns where there are a lot of people. Who, nobody called anybody Hispanic. Just nobody even thought about it. It just it's it's impossible to describe to people. I guess who've never been in that situation. Nobody thought about it. It wasn't a thing, right? It just wasn't a thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. My dad's best friend was a black man growing up, and my friends in school were were black and Hispanic and Pakistani and a hundred other things. And I've got to think hard about it. I think I because could, nobody cared much. I think I could say I've never had a black person in my house. I'm wow, not sure I have. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not this sure. is a disclosure. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I'm an episode of Jeez, Seinfeld. We're working with Larry David. Here. I'm not sure I have, other than if somebody was like working on something. Whoa! What? It was bad enough. Just stop talking now. Stop talking! Wow. When was the last time you had a senior, or the first time you had a senior role model in your organization with a similar racial identity as your own? Well, you know, a lot. When was the first time you went to work with your natural hair without comments or questions from others? Really? Does that happen? Sure it does. Yeah, it the does? black people, it happens a lot. Yeah. You question about your hair yeah, yeah. at Starbucks? Uh, just in life. In life? Uh, yeah. In life, Jack. You would understand that question if you'd ever had a black person in your home. Do you just, do you have guard dogs or Good is there Lord. a posted policy or what? <laughs> Good Lord. Again, I'll be having, uh, holding one of my Joe Getty How to Argue Unfairly seminars <laughs> Thursday night at 8. Um, and and on and on. It it it. Well, there's only one more. When was the first time you felt your race affected your ability to build a rapport with your manager? And that's just part of it. It went on for four hours. If you got some white yes. friends, yes, they'll be clapping like this, y'all. Oh my God! Somebody sent us a, a tape, and I'd play it for you, but only the hardcore musicians would get it. So. Harry Connick Jr. was kicking out his his approachable jazzy jams. <laughs> and the insufferably uh, upscale white people in the audience, um, and I never kick it like that. I don't talk about that because I just hate race talk. But it was a bunch of really pretty, like, 42-year-old gals with fake breasts and just <laughs> that crowd and sure. the, the Rolexes and the rest of it. But So, anyway... So Harry is jamming out, and all the people in the audience are clapping on the one and three, even though it's clearly a backbeat situation. You want to hit the two and four. So he goes into his piano solo, and he plays a single bar of five, four to get the audience on the two and four, then continues playing. Wow. My Savior, he is my God. I wonder if he has to do that all the time. It was so amazing kind of a... from a musical perspective. I mean, he never showed any seams, but you could see him kind of barely sort of rolling his eyes, and then he just plays one bar of five four, and then they're on the two and four. That's fascinating. I know you are a god. <laughs> he probably Harry. has to do that every concert. He probably does. It, it keeps him from attacking the audience. So I was reading a little bit about CNN somehow came out with the behind the scenes of the ABC decision yesterday. It took ninety minutes. Wow. To, uh, to make the, I'd say, to make the decision. They did call up Roseanne and her manager. She apologized on the phone. Part of it was, uh, and we now know this, I didn't know it before, but she had done some Twitter things that were dangerous in the past. Um, 
and she had promised ABC executives she was going to stay off Twitter. Mm. So that plays a that's pretty huge. That is huge because that's just a, that just lets you know well, we're dealing with somebody here who can't control themselves. Right, and and having been burned a couple of times, how could we have any faith that it won't happen again? That's a key nugget to the whole story. We've seen that sort of thing at work. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be on Twitter. And then you're on Twitter saying edgy stuff. Okay, yeah. so you just you have no self-control. Yeah. You either lied or you're a crackpot. Right. So that's I think that that was that was or a 50, lying crackpot. That was probably 50 percent of well, it's probably 90 percent of how it happened so fast. Yeah, because I was wondering that. Do you get an interpretation? Do you see how this plays? Stuff like that. But no, the fact that she said I won't do this and she did. All right. Right off the bat, you got a problem. You know, if you could get a, a medical team to certify that when you're on Ambien, you are helpless to control yourself, you might wake up suddenly at a toll booth 20 miles from your home. Sort of thing happens. You might be Tiger Woods. Wake up thinking you're on the wrong coast with a car that's battered at both ends, you know, babbling nonsense to cops. Um, It's conceivable they could have dug their way out of this, but no, your point is excellent. There was no coming back, given that agreement. Yeah. They told her her show was done. She didn't tell her staff. She let them find out through the news. The Armstrong and Getty Show.